0: going on everyone welcome to this week's episode of usl league one we got a whole bunch to talk about we got usl cup sets we got teams about to get sued by marvel we got to complain about bear prices we got teams trying to figure out what's their scoring option and does greenville have a collapse find out and more this week's episode of walking 90 i'm your host as always yogi mcbarr and joining me is the guy that had to figure out how to work a microphone And that got his room checked by his wife. Mr. Chip, how are you doing, my good man?
1: Good. It's it's ultimately very fitting. My wife just started a work-from-home job, and I've been complaining about running tech support for her all week. So, of course, I have a tech support issue, and everyone gets to see me struggle with basic technology. So it's only fitting.
0: It is. It is. And next to us is a guy that made it big on social media that's in his basement, but his team showed up to his door to deliver stuff. This is Mr. Kyle Carr. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm good, otherwise. Yeah, it was a good time to see some of the players. Good time to get a nice training top. Can't complain about that. So, vibes
0: are good. Right. All right. So, before we get started, I just want to look at this video. Yep. Now, for those that are in audio, yep. promise you, go, look, go watch our YouTube. Go. This is the real show is. No, dropping, yeah. but let's right. look at Mr. It's Kyle right. Carr and uh, these touches. Kyle, do you you want to go to this video with us?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, this was only the second attempt, by the way. So the fact that I got an attempt too, not bad. Um the first touch, very happy right with
0: this right first... here. That's an ACL. Look at that knee. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the, it's,
2: it's the that it's the other knee, knee that actually is in worse shape than the the left knee is not great. The the right knee is totally fine. Now the ankles are a different story. <laughs> now, yeah, the first touch very happy with the first touch. No complaints there. The second touch, that that is what let me down that is really where it went downhill for me
0: yeah. All right. yep. Yep. it's like you're anticipating the ball coming. and so you're like hold yep. on wait yeah i got it okay All right, Yeah, yeah. I it. like I said,
2: the second I one
0: even, even I mean, at, oh. the time, <laughs>
2: <laughs> at the time i th- yep. no one had gotten more than one so
0: yeah. like yeah. i said the second, yeah. really yeah. I the
2: second touch is really what i could have done better on the second touch very happy with the first touch and then the third one was just a
1: flick on so <sighs>
0: i'm that just
1: more good. surprised than anything that Yogi has no Twitter notifications.
0: No, no, I don't. I don't. I check my Twitter. Check your Twitter, folks. Also, you need to you need to cut it with your goddamn
2: uh, name on Twitter. What do you mean? What do you mean? What you mean? I,
0: I don't know what you are talking about, sir. <laughs> it is look. Okay, <laughs> folks. Let's be real. We're, we're not going to talk about it. then. <laughs> it's spring. It's sundress season. It's demon season. We already know how this is about to go. Cow, Chip, is that your wife? Get your wife. Ask your wife to come here. Chip's wife. Hey, Chris, we need you. Chris, come what? here. Oh, no, You're she needed. Ready.
1: She's gone. <laughs> she says she does not fit for camera, but I'll ask her. What? what what's right, your question for so
0: We need to figure it
1: out how to ask answer is. Is this not sundress season? Kristen, is it sundress season? Is it sundress season? Yes. She says yes, it is sundress season. Is that not demon season? It's sundress season, demon season. It's sundress season what? Demon season. No,
0: it's brunch season.
1: <laughs> she said it's brunch season.
0: Same thing. Because they coming home from brunch drunk, which means they <laughs> want to do the whoop de woop. Which means, guys, you have no control about what's about to happen. If I'm mine, I'm dying. If I'm well, lying, what if,
2: I'm here's what happens you have end up
1: with children
0: exactly like you
1: well what was it there's a tweet about that from a few years ago where it's like don't let a $35 sundress ruin the next 35 years of your life only 35 damn that's impressive
0: Hey, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen folks
2: that's why you're just doing bang bang quick succession and
0: that way <laughs> so you, you know, get you- caught up in two sundress seasons <laughs> back to <and> back how <laughs> like, is all this one with the sundress She's like you know what I want another
2: one. Back to back, (laughs) 2019 and then 2020, it it, it, it happened. 2021
1: made it through. Back to back like Union Omaha, 2021, 2022. We're not
0: going that far. (laughs) But it's fine. It was fine. Oh, man. Dizzy, there's a lot of love about the show. All right, guys. Let's go ahead. Let's drive into it. We got a lot to talk about this week. We got U.S. Open Cup results. We got to talk about Greenville, whether or not to hit the panic button or not. You got to talk about last week's results. So where do you guys want to start off at?
2: I feel like we should start at the cup sets. I honestly feel like that's got to be like the big thing because that was a banner. It was a banner week for USL League One teams in the Open Cup.
0: Right. Because what are we, Kyle? We are the big dog league, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Even not every team won, but every USL League One team put up a fight. And I think for a lot of clubs, they weren't expecting no. that. Every team, Kyle? I said they put up a fight. I didn't say every team won. Sorry, that was a low blow, but (laughs) two set pieces. You know what? If you're if the only goals you're gonna concede are just set pieces, it is what it is. Yeah. Adrian he took notes. He He saw what happened. He was like, you know what? I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna end up like these teams. I'm gonna put out a squad that is going to
0: try to win. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So let's go through the results, guys. South Georgia Tormenta, they go up. On the road to Birmingham Legion, who by the way got fined because they had to change the location of the stadium. They beat Birmingham two to nothing. Then we got Chips Union Omaha. They went on penalties seven to six, but I gotta admit, had two banger goals that came out of nowhere. Then we had FC Tucson, who lost late to Cal United Strikers. Um, we had my Richmond kickers. When a slugfest, fest one to nothing against North Carolina Fusion Fusion, it's a fusion. <laughs> Fort Madison lost two-nothing to their bigger brothers, Minnesota United. Greenville tried to go toe-to-toe with their bigger brothers, Charlotte FC, who supporters want you to believe they invented football in the Carolinas. I didn't say that. They said it on the podcast, and we're just reading, reading it. It lost two to one. And then and probably the most shocking result of the night. North Carolina Hellstar 2, who is yet to play a home game, beats Rio Salt Lake with Bobby Wood, who scored with nothing, nil, to North, Northern Colorado's one. And then Central Valley Fuego lost late on a penalty. We all know who gave it the penalty because he led the league last year in penalties. They lost one, I mean 2-1 to Sacramento uh, Republic FC. So, guys... We're not going to break through every game because if we did, we'll be here all week. What was your most impressive match out of those? What was your most impressive match?
1: The most impressive uh, upset of the night was definitely me back at the bar with all the Chicago fire fans talking incredible shit on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But then when I was talking to them, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, rough year, you know, we really got you guys in a bad spot. And, you got it all while well, the same time I just tweeting some just toxic shit online. I mean Chip
0: ain't gonna lie to you, dog. I thought you was about to get stabbed out there.
1: I thought you was about to die. <laughs> we,
2: you know, it was one of those where if you had ended up on no block, it would you would not have been here.
0: <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I was like, yeah, this the last we go see you, Chip. <laughs> they
1: were they were very gracious, and when we were at the bar, we uh were very nice to them, and they understood it was uh kind of a really exciting time and. It was just fun kind of talking back and forth about what's what's going on and how big for the club. And I know a couple of them are actually gonna come out now for the coal meetup that's happening out here in August. So that's pretty cool. Did
0: you say a coal meetup?
1: Yeah, FC Cole. Yeah. They have their meetup in
2: Omaha. Last year was in Madison. This mm-hmm. year it's in Omaha.
0: It's like two oh. blocks from my house. Oh, you're talking about the club. I dead-ass thought you were talking about like coal, like actual like coal. I was a like, fucking supporter who was meeting up for coal. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot of sense now. All right.
1: Yeah. So it was fun. You know, they're, were, they're were great hosts, um, which would made it even funnier. We got kettled um, at the end of the game. We were trying to leave and they literally took us and like pushed us in a corner, had security all around us. And the guy who gave me a ride over was like, can I, can I get that one? Like he's picking a lobster out of a
0: tank. And they're like, no, <laughs> wait for him in the parking lot. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, that's something I've never experienced before because, of course, like a lower league stadium is like, all right, going to leave. Like, I've never experienced like Mm -hmm. having to wait 30 minutes to leave the stadium because they're like, oh, we don't want fights. And I'm like, dude, these are a bunch of middle-aged white people. Ain't nothing about to happen. Oh, these people got nine to fives. I was going to say, this was was like a
2: Tuesday or Wednesday night. Like, nothing's going to (laughs) happen.
0: Right. (laughs) Like, sir, I'm trying to get home.
2: It is
1: cold. Let me cold. It looked cold (laughs) over there, I will say. Like. It looked it cold. Right, it was like, like upper forties or lower forties, uh, upper thirties. So that wasn't too bad. I would say better weather
2: than than the Madison one. That was cold yeah. and raining. Be- that was because
1: it's so high. At least none of the wind got down into the bowl, mm, which was yeah. nice. So then it's just kind of like, well, it's just cold. There's no wind. Classic Midwestern, right? It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the wind, right? But no, it was it was great, uh, especially seeing. Two of our guys score goals from open play. I know that was something that I was really worried about this year was seeing us score. And uh, while it was, you know, if you let them tell it, was their, like, F team. But they had one of their starters in. They brought in a couple starters. I mean, they had their
0: captain. Yeah. (laughs) I believe in that story of this is our F team. Like, okay, yes, you played a couple of kids, but you had four starters and another five on the bench. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing about an F team.
1: That's why my comment with these things is always, like, well – if you wanted to win, then you should have played to win. And then if you lose, like, that's not really my fault that I beat your BT. I beat the team that you put out there.
0: Right. Right. They represent you, right? Because if you won, you'd be like, oh, you lost our BT." No. You played the team that was in front of us. Uh, Kyle, what you, my man, what is your game of the week? Omaha Who definitely
2: impressed me because, I mean, in the second half, you could definitely tell. Like, Chicago had all the chances in the first half. And then it got to the second half and Omaha was starting to grow into the game. That first goal was very, that was a wonderful goal. I will say that. Um, and then obviously Chicago gets a pen and at an extra time. And you're thinking, okay, it's getting late. It's getting late. And then Omaha with that equalizer, it was just like, I don't know what the hell Chicago was thinking. And I had said before, like, if this goes to penalties, I trust Nuhu will make a save or two. And he did. And I was right.
0: So that was good. I yo, have, they were really talking about like, do who these best penalties. Like, I was kind of rooting for him, man, because I'm like, yo, he got to overcome this demon. (laughs) I mean, I'm
2: just saying. But, yeah, so I would say Omaha winning was obviously very impressive. Also, Hailstorm winning, also very impressive. Again, it's not like Real Salt Lake was playing Scrubs either. Like, they played Ochoa. Like, they played their number one keeper. They're still playing Rubio Ruben. Like, they were playing, they were still playing dudes that are consistently getting MLS minutes. So it's not like Mm -hmm. they were throwing out, I mean, yes, most of it was still, you know, the Real Monarchs kind of guys, but They still put out a quality team. So the fact that Hailstorm was able to go in and get that win was, I I mean, it was huge, especially considering it's not like Hailstorm was really, they didn't have much of the ball. They didn't have many shots. They were defensively very, very sound, which I was impressed because I was not expecting Hail's NoCo to be that defensively sound of a team. I figured their attack would get them, you know, two, three goals a game. I didn't know what to expect out of defense. So the fact that they held this team to a clean sheet and they were able to get that goal off the set piece and they were able to keep, not give Real Salt Lake a lot of good chances. I mean, I think Real Salt Lake only had like two or three shots on target. It was not that many shots either. So it's not like they're, it's not like the keeper had a stand on his head like knew who did in the first half. So I think that was the very impressive part with NOCO is the fact that they were so defensively sound a lot to go along with Omaha, obviously going in and both Doing this on the road. Very impressive. So, and I think those two losses definitely gave Charlotte and Minnesota United more food for thought on how they wanted to approach their lineup.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with it. I think my most impressive game of the week is definitely uh, South Georgia Tormenta. I mean, previously, look how they're playing now versus how we all perceived them to be at the very start of the year. Um, two very good wins in the US Open Cup against two. I wouldn't say mid-table USL championship teams, but two very good. But no solid. teams to scoff against.
2: It's not like they're yeah, going yeah, against like the bottom of the barrel USL
0: championship teams. Um, it tor- I mean, Tormenta went out there and did a good job. They, they looked. They looked like those two games the championship had boosted their season, and we see that. You know, you see that with teams when they play in these cups, they kind of use that energy to kind of push them along the rest of the year. Can Tormenta to keep this momentum going? You know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But that was mine. Um, oh, guys. We had the draw last Thursday. Uh, we had another Inter Miami fan, but I think it was a little bit better. We had a dad and his daughter uh, who did the draw. And I'm not going to lie, guys, I was really, really rooting for Richmond to get Charlotte FC. We did. But we're going to talk about the rest of the games that got drawn on this. So we got South Georgia Detourmental playing Inter Miami FC. We got Union Omaha versus Noco in the USL League One matchup because. MLS has to protect their rights. We're joking, but are we? Not gonna, really. Are we? <laughs> We're joking. <laughs> um, Richmond, of course, plays Charlotte FC. And At I think that is it. Yeah. That is That's it for you as i So, guys, out of those three matchups, which game are you most looking forward to? Which game uh, are you like, hey, this team can do it?
2: I'm looking at Tormenta into Miami for a couple of reasons. One, Tormento seems to be Tormenta is a cup, a perfect cup team where they are the team that you don't know what the hell they're going to expect going into a single game knockout. Like, I think it kind of reminds me and I'm going to be biased. Like it kind of reminds me of like the older Liverpool teams where they can never do it in the league because they never had the depth, but you put the best, you put their eleven out there, and they can go on a cup run. And it's kind of the same thing I'm seeing with Tormenta. Also, the last time Tormenta played in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> Stadium was the absolute greatest game in <laughs> USL League One history. That Marco Michelotto himself even said, "What the fuck is going on?" So right. <laughs> that is why I'm going to watch it because those two reasons exactly. I think the Noco Omaha match will definitely be interesting. Um, also, because like I. It is good to see how they'll match up. Obviously, I would have rather both of them get MLS opponents because we want to see USL League 1 go further. But at least now we are guaranteed a USL League 1 team going to the round of 16. Um, But yeah, the Inter-Miami Tormenta, just because that could potentially – I think that one could be a cup set because I don't know what to expect out of Tormenta. I think they're firing on all cylinders. And I think Inter-Miami, maybe they'll take – they might not take this as
1: seriously as they should.
0: So what about you, my man?
1: Well, and I agree with Kyle on that, too, because Tormenta hasn't knocked off an MLS side yet. Like, if I'm an MLS side and I see Union, Omaha, NoCo, I'm like, oh, those guys already beat an MLS side. So maybe I need to at least start, like, my, my second string and some starters instead of, you know, just saying, eh, it's an easy win. And I think that's the big thing is a lot of teams this year have learned that League One teams – you know, you can't take it as an easy dub because a lot of teams have egg on their face. We got after doing soft. That. Mm-hmm.
0: You run this. I was to
1: say Charlotte was taken to the limit. Like, mm-hmm.
2: even even pretty, though they won, like Charlotte was still taken to the limit.
1: Pretty much every game, even the Madison game, the scoreline didn't show it, but you guys duked it out with them for the whole time.
2: Yeah, and like I said, it was literally two set piece goals that, and mm-hmm. and you could talk to any Ford massive player or coach; they could have done better with that, and. Mm-hmm is what it is. Like I'd rather that and know like, okay, that's just something you can fix as
1: opposed to, we just got played off the field. Right. And that's kind of what I saw in the Chicago fans. before. was, you know, if we, we can in the last minute to zero, that's a, that's a moral victory. And I think it's the same thing with Madison. It's like you're close. And so I think that's the advantage tormenta has is it doesn't jump off the page because they didn't beat an MLS team. Um, but I have to go since I know what game Yogi's going to pick. Uh, I'll pick Omaha, Northern Colorado. Uh, so it's the game that's guaranteed to get us at least one team from USL one into the round of 16. We're going to get three or guaranteed one. Uh, it'll be fun. We've been talking a lot to the NOCO fans, uh, great group of people out there. Uh, I'm working on some stuff with them to create some cool content beforehand. A big group of them are coming down. So it's a fun little birth of, our friendship with them as fans and everything else. And I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, it's being played at a local college stadium, not the same one we've been playing at. That's a little bit more intimate. So I think it should be a fun time. And I think, uh, again, it's at least one USL, one club going on to the suite, to round of 16 guaranteed. So He's that's
0: going to call it a Sweet 16? Is This, this <laughs> is the A tournament. I know. <laughs> I have to
2: all, the, all the NCAA tournament gets the uh, Sweet 16 label.
1: Uh, Gabe, to answer your question, it's Omaha and NoCo tied. tied. Uh, Omaha was the first team to ever beat an MLS club from USL1, and then <clears throat> as a USL1 well, team. I was going to say. don't no like, matter
0: in their history. I'm glad Gabe asked this question, Gabe. You are absolutely correct. It is the Richmond Kickers. The Richmond Kickers are beating the most MLS teams in their history. And we bring yeah. another one in the City Stadium, we bring Charlotte FC. And boy, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one.
2: Is the house going to survive? That's the follow-up question.
0: <laughs> it's going to be tough, man. Like, seeing Charlotte from the first two games to now, they're definitely improved. But the thing that Richmond does best, and I I, I want to see how you guys because you guys aren't fans. So you guys just look at Richmond differently than how I look at them. Like, Richmond... MO is, we're going to sit very tight, and we're going to force you out of the wings. Yeah, you can have the ball in front of us and whatnot, but like inside, i probably say five yards in front of the 18-yard like box, we're going to push you out to the wings. Offensively, we're looking to get it behind you. It's like, if we can play in between you, all right, we'll try it, but if not, we're going to chip it long onto the wings and do a cutback to Chizagi. Am I right?
2: Yeah. I Here's what I think could happen with charlotte because charlotte seems like the type of team where they're going to try and pass their way out of a situation which not a bad idea but against richmond that is exactly what they want you to do that is the style that they want they want charlotte to pass around they want them to try and build up get charlotte to inch further and further up the field and then you get it out wide to blondes you get it over you know you get it to your guys out wide. Go for it, get the bo- ball into the box with Trizagi or whoever, whichever midfield combination they decide to go and have that second run come in. Maybe nil is the one that kind of is able to put that killer ball in. That is what Richmond wants. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Does Charlotte go with that approach of we're gonna slowly build it up like we did with Greenville? And are we gonna try this 4-4-1-1? Four, four, one, one? Are we going to go with more of that four three three, four, four, two that they've been trying to tinkering around with? That is what I'm curious about, but it's interesting because I feel like Charlotte's going to want to try and prove something and go all out. Yes, because they're probably thinking their MLS season not going to go that well, and yes, they have improved, but this is still a team that is still trying to gel together. They only had like ten games total, yeah. While you have a good core, a good amount of this Richmond core has played together for now two, three years. Right,
0: Mm -hmm. and the thing is about Richmond is. Don't get me wrong, this team has not looked impressive in the U.S. Open Cup. I think if you ask Darren or any other players, they haven't looked impressive. Have they gotten the job done? Yes. But they haven't looked impressive. We went to extra time with North Carolina NC Fusion, who also beat Charlotte. You know, But the difference between the Charlotte game and the NOCO game is Charlotte just didn't know when to just sit back and just hold off. Richmond did that, but now they didn't correct the offense. But But I think think, there's
2: also the main thing is Richmond's going to go. Richmond's been the favorite team. Richmond's been the team that is expected to win. And there is a difference between being the favorite and being expected to win because of the perception of, okay, you're playing a USL League 2 team. You're playing, you know, an NPSL team. As opposed to, we're playing with house money. Kind of like with Omaha. Kind of like with NOCO. Kind of like with Fort Madison. Kind of like with Greenville. We have house money. We go in, we can go all out. Like, if we lose, it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. But if we win,
0: whew, the right. Yeah, yeah. I, and see, that's the thing. I think the thing that Richmond struggle with the most is not like that favorite label you had described, Kyle, is Richmond struggles when you give them the ball. Like, they don't know what to do with it. Like, if like you – Right. Like, if you tell Richmond, like, you have to possess over 55%, Richmond's like, what? <laughs> like what is this? But mm-hmm. if you tell Richmond, oh, you can possess thirty percent. Richmond's like, all right, fine, that works for us. And I think well, that's what's going to happen. Like, and
1: I think that's why Greenville looked—they uh, did really well in that game, but they looked very, very uncomfortable against Charlotte because uh, they weren't able to play the possession style that they normally play. And so that's always a big adjustment when you go from—you know—they're—they are the possession team in USL League One. Um, and so you have to play a different type of game. And I think, honestly, too, the biggest difference, and we were talking about a bit about this on the pre-show, the difference between Richmond and Greenville is the fact that Greenville doesn't have a ice-cold killer up top. Yeah. Richmond yeah. has Terzaghi. You know, you get Terzaghi on a break, and he has the ball at his feet, you know, 10 yards out from the goal, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, it's, it's probably going in. Yeah. And you just have to burn him once. And if you burn them once, then all of a sudden it changes the game, you put them on the back of their heels and they they have to play catch up with you. And Richmond's just gonna sit back.
0: Yeah. And, and I think and that's, that's the beauty of it. I think that's what Richmond does best. Like, I think if, prime example, if you look at I'm trying to think of a game that we won one nothing. All right, look at last week. I mean, last week game for Richmond against Charlotte, right? Charlotte dominated possession, but the thing Richmond was able to do was like, all right, you can have the ball 25 and out, but you're going to have to have crosses. Like, you're not just able to, to be just slalom through us and score. And what the Charlotte kept doing all over and over again, it was trying to create crosses, and who was cutting them out? Nathan, Nathan Ani, and Jalen Corson. Even though Ani got beat for one, that's pretty much the And I think Darren was cool with that, and I think that's what Darren's going to force Charlotte to do. And outside of, I don't even know if Charlotte's, yeah, I I don't know what team Charlotte's going to pull out. I think it's going to be the backup team. And if that's the case, I can really see Richmond nicking this because that's probably the best case scenario for them. Well,
1: they're going to bring that mid-Atlantic soccer culture to uh, Richmond, Yogi. Aren't you excited for that?
2: Oh
0: yeah, they are weird. going
2: to create soccer in the south. Now that they've got <laughs> Carolina, they now have to get to the South. And they're putting <laughs> Richmond in that. They're Charlotte the FC, the,
0: the team that created soccer below the Macy Dixon line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like the Atlanta Braves. Like everybody in the South that likes baseball likes the Atlanta Braves. Everyone in the South likes soccer is gonna
0: like Charlotte. <laughs> Yo, that was the thing but like the longest said, Like everyone in the South was like. Oh, who's your favorite baseball team? Atlanta? Because that was the only baseball That's
2: team the only one that was on TV? And they had that <laughs> TBS deal, and they were on TBS. Like, they were on cable. Like, you had the money. You could watch baseball. You had the Braves. That's what you got. Right. <laughs> You're not going to your local channel. You got TBS Braves. Yeah, that was the
1: team. Yeah, that's true. They're just going to put in Hawk, Sergo Hawk on their crest now. <laughs> this is the sign we conquer under. <laughs> So much for the USL1 Southeast expansion plan. We're all (laughs) it's
2: all Charlotte.
1: (laughs)
0: We're all and black here, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Charlotte FC about to start treating soccer like the SEC. (laughs) We just expanded, baby. We just expanded.
1: They're gonna they're gonna go into Richmond like Coach K. (laughs) Their coach is gonna go (laughs) in the locker room after Richmond waxes them and tell them how big of a moment it is for their program to beat an MLS team. (laughs) It's like, dude, check the check the trophy (laughs) case.
0: Oh, dude, we have our team is older than some of your best players. Like, what? (laughs) What is this? What are we doing? Oh my god! I still can't believe they
2: said, "Oh yeah, we have." You know, we're bringing soccer to Carolina. It's like the the co-longest-serving team in American soccer is in the Carolinas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Like when I heard that line. I was like, wait, what?
2: Like, we <laughs> give Charlotte and Independence a lot of shit, but
0: like, they've
2: been there. Like, you have North Carolina FC, aka the Railhawks. Like, you've it's been in that own state. So, oh god, <laughs> we gotta move on. We, we're well,
1: Nathan, I know you're listening. Um, you guys need to have like the '95 U.S. Open Cup just sitting at midfield when that game starts. Oh god, do you guys still have it?
0: Yo, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't oh, know if so, it was, okay, like, it a school traveling
1: school. thing or whatever, but no. it should be at midfield to start the game or just, like, up in the stands or something. Oh,
0: man. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> all right. You're, right. You're right. You're right, Kyle. We got to move on. We got to move on. Um, Let's talk about last week's results that happened in USL League 1. Oh, before we get started, let me back up a little bit. Um, First of all, congratulations out to Coach Jimmy. Oh, he became a grandpa uh, this past week. Congrats to him. But also we want to send out our thoughts and prayers to uh, coach Tim Hackinson. Um, for those who don't know, he was the first original coach of Chattanooga Red, uh, Red Wolves. He's also coaching at Indy 11. Um, I think he just got diagnosed or he is recovering from cancer. Um, so we just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to him and wish him the best. But um, moving on to this weekend's past results, um, Greenville Triumph lost 2-0 to to South Georgia Tormenta. Union Omaha proved how physical they were against Central Valley Fuego, winning 3-0. Chattanooga Red Wolves kind of let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit against the FC Tucson team that was teetering at Richmond on a Monday night. Figured out how to win on the road is a good time. But guys, let's kind of break down the first matchup, Greenville versus South Georgia Tormenta. Like I alluded to earlier, Tormenta is now working their way with this momentum of the USL Open Cup win. Do you think Greenville kind of rests under their lowest? Do you think they were a little beat up from Charlotte FC, or do you think there's a little bit more than that to this?
2: I would say it's a combo of Greenville had just played 120 minutes, less what not even like about 72 hours prior. Tormenta had the day before. So Tormenta had some more rest, so I'll give it that. Greenville had 120 minutes. That doesn't help. But Greenville did a lot of things that they had a lot of possession. They had a lot of passes. They had a lot of shots. (laughs) Just could not convert. And that was probably, that was kind of the big thing. Like Greenville was just trying. I, I think Chip, you mentioned it. They didn't have a killer up top. It felt like they were knocking and knocking and they're trying to put things together and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then Tormenta was just like, okay, take ball. We're going to go. We're going to score. Good night. Mm -hmm. And that's what it kind of felt like. I feel like the early goal really rattled Greenville to the point where like, I don't think Greenville was expecting Tormenta to get that goal early. Also Tormenta has been pretty good against Greenville. Like Tormenta last year, like Tormento was constantly getting wins and draws against Greenville. Like it seems like Tormenta is kind of like not not like a mental roadblock, but Tormenta seems to be this team that Greenville just struggles with. From prior, even like the last few years, it see that seems to be like their team. Like for Madison struggles with Greenville, Greenville struggles with Tormenta, Richmond struggles with you know Chattanooga. It seems like that's just their team. That's just the team that they're always going to struggle
1: with, no matter what.
0: Yeah, so talk, no, you're right about that. You're right, right. I talked to Brandon
1: about this on Sunday when I was re-watching the game. And, I, you know, if you guys don't know this, Brandon's actually on the pod too. He's just never on here. And this week it's because <laughs> his team got waxed by the bird. Um, kind of his comment about it was you look at the possession and they did have 63, 64% of the possession, but only 31% of their possession was in Tormenta's attacking. It was in the attacking third. And when they did there, they just did nothing. It seems like. There's not a lot of connection between the back line and the front line, and they're having problems like kind of finding out what to do, kind of like what we talked about with Richmond. It's like, in Omaha is the same way. It's like, we don't want the ball. You can have it. Like, t- do whatever you want. It's like that old, um, I'm sure it's a Nebraska saying because we had some like real troglodyte coaches, but it's like, why would I pass the ball? Three things, only three things can happen, and two of them are bad. It's, you know, I feel like that's like a lot of USL1 teams kind of thought on it is, Why would I want possession? Like most of the things that can happen aren't good. And when you can't get that verticality and move the ball into the attacking third and you're getting pressed in your defensive third, shit's going to happen. And you're out of sorts. You're not in your defensive shape. And that's really what Tormenta did. It wasn't as bad as the Greenville Fuego where they were just slop goals. These were legit goals and legit breakdowns from Greenville. And, you know, I I don't think it's time to to push the panic button if you're a Greenville fan yet. I think the teams that you faced uh, at the beginning of the year, if you looked at them, maybe you would say, well, those teams aren't that good. But you know, these are teams that are all probably destined for the top third or the top half of the table, uh, especially uh, Tormenta. I think I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, they, they're shown a lot of really good promise. So I don't think it's time necessarily to pull the panic button, but you, you really need to figure out, what to do in your midfield to get those guys the ball in good spots, especially with the talent they brought in with like Coutinho from Tulsa. Like these guys just need to figure out what's going on because if they can't score their whole, their whole, um, offensive game plan the past three years have been built on. We're going to score first and then we're going to sit back. And if you're going to score, it's going to be from 15 yards out. Good luck. And if you can't score, you can't do that. True. Uh, The thing with
2: Greenville though, and it, They have the low, like they, they're offensively blunt. There just is no attacking threat. Kind of like what you mentioned, Mm -hmm. they've been so used to, we're going to score first, but they're not even defending that well either. Like they're kind of in the middle right now in terms of their average goals against, like in terms of the expected goals against, they are right in the middle. They This is not a, we're just a really good stout defensive team. So if we lose, it's Mm -hmm. because you got one goal. It's this is not the same defensive Greenville that we've seen. And even then, you think of those first three games. Fuego, yeah, Fuego might be Fuego's definitely a team that could make the playoffs. They look pretty talented. Then they have North Carolina, where yeah, North Carolina's improved, but I I'm not ready to put North Carolina as a playoff team. Yeah. Tormenta, as I mentioned, they could probably go on a deep cup run. I'm still hasn't they they could make the playoffs, but it's not gonna be like they're gonna finish like top three or even the top four like they're not going to get a home playoff game they might get a five or six so it's kind of like and these and the two games at home too like you've had two home matches and you've lost both of them as well so it's kind of a no no teams should be hitting the panic button but when you've only scored one goal in your three games Mm -hmm. that's concerning because like i said every other team has at least scored two Nocos mm-hmm. only played two matches and they've already got two goals. Like that's where I would be concerned is mm-hmm. where are these goals supposed to come from? Is it going to come from Jake Keegan? Is it going to come from Gavilanas? Gev- like, is it going to come from someone in the midfield like in abara, or Don Smart? Like that's where I would start being worried. I'm not hitting the panic button because it's only three matches and Greenville had a similar slump to this last year. But you're right, Chip, like this is not the, like Greenville's been so, I think they're, because they were so used to, score first, defend, and now it's been kind of flipped towards like, okay, we aren't scoring. So now what? Do we scrape away with like a 1-1 one, one draw? Mm-hmm.
0: So I want to ask you guys this question, and problem is I'm going somewhere with this. Can you give me who is the oldest oldest average age squad in USL League? One?
2: I mean, I feel like Greenville, but I, I feel like, it sounds like it should be Greenville, but I think in terms of, yeah, I was going to say like, I I figured it was going to be a no. Fuego
1: maybe. Fuego has some old dudes on their team.
0: So the oldest average squad in USL league One is Chattanooga was 26. Hmm. Greenville is second, 25.6. And this is leading up to my point of, I I don't think there's any problem with having veteran, veteran leadership, but I think in the attacking spot, there's no real youth that has been injected into this team that has made an impact yet. Because if you think about Greenville, Greenville has always been a team that relied on one. Veteran leadership, a sturdy defense, and nicking can go when they need to. You had a veteran goal scorer last year that left the squad this year, granted for a better opportunity, but Greenville never replaced that. And if you're not going to replace that, okay, bring in some youth that can help build that. And Chip, you made the good point before we started this podcast is Greenville and Richmond are essentially the same team. They play exactly the same way, but the thing is, if you take Terzaghi and put him on Greenville, Richmond is in Greenville position. And Greenville's in Richmond position. But also on top of that is Richmond now has other people who can help distribute that scoring with the Bolognios, with a Matt Bentley. Greenville hasn't had that yet. And then the guys are looking to create. Granted, they're older. Don Smart. Don Smart has been in the league since the league started, but we know he's getting up there age. He's not as mobile as he used to be. He's playing further back than what he was when he started his league. People forget, he started off as a winger, and now he's playing central mid. The reason why you move a player back normally is because they're getting slower. Is he still a creative force? Yes, he is, but he's slower. Jake Keegan. I understand the love connection with Jake Keegan there in Greenville. But to bring him back and have that as your key striker piece, you kind of got to think like, all right, what's what's going on here? You know. Well,
2: and I was gonna say, like, if you do, you were just listening. Like, even if you think of like some of their biggest contributors, like Tyler Pollock, twenty nine, Aaron Walker, I think is like thirty. Jay Keegan is thirty. Dom Smart is thirty four. You know, you got at least even Noah Frank, who's still young by, like, normal, like, he's only 27, you know, fricky 30. Like, you got guys, like, your contri- your key pieces are older, and that's a fine thing, but it's the attack. Because, like you were saying, this is kind of like what happened with Ford Madison in 2020. Their attacking options were a lot older between Don Smart and Paulo Jr. and Woj. Like, that is an older group, and while they have the experience and while they have maybe a little bit more technical ability, in this league, you need to have young you know, young athletic attackers. That's where you need to have that youth. It's in your attacking ranks. Having one person kind of be like your senior head that's good, but if all of your key contributors in your midfield and attack, not so much. Like, I think that's where it kind of comes in, because I mean, I was going to say, like, Aaron, um, I think Jesus Zabar is pretty young, so like, you have him, and he's 24, but, and I think Noah Pilato's, like, mid-20s, but, like, the key contributors
0: <clears throat>
2: in your attack have to be athletic. If they're like, they have to be like the athletic force. And that I think is a big problem for Greenville.
0: Yeah. And I think losing Lachlan McKinney is definitely like, is a big hitting point for them right now, you know, cause he's definitely someone that can help. <laughs> in this, cause he can do, he can do what they do best. You know, no one else in that Greenville team can create and score like he can. And that's what they don't have right now. Jake Keegan, Granted, he can score, but Jake Keegan's best asset is creating. He can create. They don't have, like, a finisher right now. Is it time to hit the pan and button in Greenville? Hell no. It's only three games into the season. I think they – I would not be surprised if Greenville stays on this trajectory and the goal scoring is not where they want it to be. I think they will look in the summer to add a striker, whether that's via loan or whether that's looking at, like, someone just out of college and being like, hey, instead of going to USL League 2, sign this USL League 1 contract and come play for us. I think you can see that happen.
2: And, I mean, that's Weird. what Omaha did. Like, Omaha saw all their, like, key attackers leave, and they reloaded with younger guys from college, from USL League 2, and then added a few, like, experienced pieces as well. Madison kind of did the same thing. You add an experienced piece, but you add some young guys that can come in. Like, I feel like a lot of teams are doing that, and other than Richmond, like, most teams, like, main attacker is a young player.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know who they should get who? this summer? We were talking about it on Slack today. Uh, they should go get Devin Boyce from Memphis.
0: Honestly? I, I don't know. because there's Especially there's if you
1: people. think Malloy's moving on. Get him there. Get him to play. Get him comfortable <sighs> again. The, the only thing back, I can think then, of is, why would De- Like, if Devin Boyce wants to play, then yeah,
2: coming back to yeah. USL League One makes complete sense. But yeah. he's done everything in there. Like, what more is there to do?
0: Yeah. I, I think the, I think Devin Boyce would work great if they were having, like, a creative issue. They're not having that. It's a finishing issue. And they need someone that can finish. They can create the chances. That's not the problem. Yeah. I think finishing is the main issue. And you kind of started with the tormentor thing of, like, just no one can finish. Like no one could get, you know, get in a position to finish. Everyone can great. Just no one can finish. So yeah.
2: But yeah, no, not it's too early to hit the panic button. Now, if they're still in the slump and it's like
1: June, okay. Now you should probably start in that panic button. Right, right. Well, especially if we get separation <laughs> in the table. Cause right now you get a lot of draws, but teams are starting to find out how to win, and all of a sudden, if there's like a 12 point gap, 13 point gap between you and playoff spot, then you're getting that it's a little bit scary. If it's you know four, six points, whatever, you can make that up pretty easily with a big run. But the bigger that gap gets, the scarier it gets for a team that's used to succeed in succeeding in this league.
0: Yeah, Yeah, most definitely. All right. Um, guys, we spent a lot of time on that. So let's go ahead, let's move on. Um, let's talk a little bit about Yu Gi Ohmaha's in Central Valley Fuego. Um I, I'm going to put this out there. I want to see how you guys think. I really think Central Valley Fuego, they were in this game, but I think by the time the first goal happened, they were completely out of it. And I think they just simply came down to the fact of Fuego just got super frustrated, you know? And Fuego kind of seemed like a team. They ride the emotional wave and that emotional wave is not going with how they want things to go. They kind of get in their old head. They start making chirpy fouls and you know, they kind of just start like, well, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was you guys read on that game, Chip? You were there. What was your read on
1: it? Yeah, so I agree. I think uh who gives a hoot is doing a really great like audio visual thing this year where they're breaking down tape while they watch the game live on their YouTube channel. So you should go check that out. And they kind of called that out too. You know, it was 30 seconds into the game, and they're already you know going over to the rep being like, "Hey, where's the foul? Where's the foul?" And the Union Omaha guy's already up and down the field. You know, they were looking for those calls. They weren't getting those calls, which is fine. But if you're not getting those calls, you need to start adjusting. And if they're not there, they're not going to happen. So you just need to start working for it. You know, it was not ideal conditions. It was their first time playing on that pitch, which is a super small pitch. And then it was windy. I don't know if you guys knew or saw that. We we had like 60 mile per hour winds. Like every time the ball went more than like six feet off the ground, it just shot up in the air and just hung out there. Like they even had to move the um, cameras to the other side of the field uh, because they go up on scissor lists, which was horrible because they caught a a shot of me eating a hot dog, which was just mortifying. <laughs> and I had I went into the Liverpool game the next day and like five people were like, hey, did you see yourself eating a hot dog on TV? It's like, yeah, I, I saw it when I went back and watched the game last night. I, I, I know I, I eat hot dogs. Yep. Sorry. But no, I think it looked good. Yeah. Oh, it was one of those where like the scoreline wasn't as close as the game actually was. Hugo had a great goal at the beginning of the second half when he didn't have as much wind. And then the, the late goals, uh, there was one in the 90th minute and then one in the fourth minute of stoppage time, which was a, a PK off a red card. So, you know, I think um, if you're Omaha, you saw us create some goals, you saw some great, create some goals off the fire. You went from a seven day swing of against that tormenta team, you know, I wasn't feeling great about Omaha after that game, but then after beating the fire, beating the fuego, seeing what Tormenta did to Greenville, like I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Like we can create, we have a stout defense, you know, Jay Mims. uh, I'm not fully invested. I'm not ready to, to pull the, the buy a champagne button, but I'm feeling pretty good about Union Omaha. Like I, I got, uh, some people were asking me why I had him fourth in uh, the league for my preseason. I was like, well, you know, A lot of question marks, a lot of question marks. And I think a lot of those question marks are starting to go away. And if you're an Omaha fan, you have a lot of really good things to hang your hat on, especially going into a pretty, a winnable game, a very winnable game against Charlotte on the road. And as we know in this league, it's winnable. I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's a winnable game. And so if you do that and you have a lot of confidence and you have a bye week before that open cup game, and if you're an Omaha fan, you know, you're feeling – I think you're feeling pretty good right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we are feeling good, obviously. um, I just want to bring out this common denominator for Citroën Valley Fuego. Um, in their three wins, you know who was a part of it? And in their two losses, you know who wasn't a part of it? He used to play for Richmond, and he's Swedish. It's Mr. Victor Flack. They are missing him right now. And the reason why I say that is because – and granted, I'll put the USL – uh, that'd be, that was a, the US Open Cup game to the side. That's the other game they lost. I'll put this game out there, and you can see what was the main issue. It was you didn't have anyone that could really get into the middle of the field that can slow down U- Union Omaha's passing. If you ever look at the way how Union Omaha passes, what they like to do is they play a 4 4 2, but the second striker will pop up and he'll play kind of like this attacking mid role, and another center back will come in and they'll create a diamond in the middle of the field so they can just create passing, but they also have outlets. And the thing how you beat that is, is you have your two main midfielders go onto their central midfielders, so man-to-man, but you have the CDM kind of lock on to the, to the striker. And Victor Vlake does that role probably – he does that role really well. He had, he wasn't in that game. And what Union Homo was able to do over and over and over again was just counter, exploit space, and just pull – pull them all over the place. Now, granted, also Fuego had a red card for the second game in a row. He's with his new head coach. It just seems as if and let me ask you guys this. Do you think Fuego kind of ruined the the mojo they had? Because the guy they had in the interim, he wins three straight. And then you bring in his new coach, and then you lose two straight?
2: Yeah. The bigger issue with Fuego with this recent match was they had the ball. They didn't do shit with it. Like, if you look at the heat map, there is not a lot in Omaha's box. There's a lot of it in their own half. And yeah. in the second half, it's a little bit more in the midfield, but they just could not cope with it. And part of that could be, yes, maybe it is a smaller field. And Fuego's definitely a team that wants to be on the ball. Fuego's the type of team that I feel like they need a wider field to operate to their full capacity with their passing and their movement. And that's not going to happen in Omaha. Like that's not, you can't go into Omaha and try to pass away out of it. That's not to completely take away. And they were fighting until that first goal. And I think that first goal, like you both mentioned, it just took the wind out of their sails. And I mean, JP for Omaha has also been very good this year. And he has been very impressive and he dominated and he was dictating that midfield the whole time. So I think between those two things, I don't know. Again, Fuego is just one of those where I think the the wind did not help, the smaller field did not help them. But I think they were tactically naive against Omaha. I think that was the bigger issue. I think they
1: went in, they can they can play their style, and you cannot do that going into Omaha. Like that style doesn't work. Well, do you know how many shots on shots they had? Not even ch- shots on goal, shots.
2: I mean, they only have like, they did not have that many shots. That's what I'm saying. Like, they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't do shit with
1: it. I think they, they had. They shot four times. Yeah. Four. four. Almost well, had my- 13. <laughs> hard hard to win with those numbers, especially with New Who between the pipes.
2: Right. And, that, and that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like, they, it, it would have been one thing if. Fuego was just getting good looks and they just couldn't take the shot off. Like they weren't even creating good looks. So I, I think it was just one of those where I don't think I think they were technically naive. And I think that's more credit to J-Mims and Omaha to know, like, okay, this is how they're gonna play, and we're not gonna let them do that. Yeah. But I don't again, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the new coach yet. No. All
0: right. All right. Well, guys, let's go ahead, let's move on to probably the most shocking result of the weekend. And the game of the team. week. Right, the team that we all thought, for the most part, was one of the upper echelon teams of USL League One versus the team we all thought were, like, is this kind of like a rebuild year for FC Tucson? And they pulled the opposite result against them. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw Chattanooga, I want to make sure I say this right. When I saw them up 2-1, 60-second minute at home, I turned off the game. I, I thought it was a rap. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is it. They're they're done. You know, because in Chattanooga, you nobody don't see teams come back against them. And At fc Tucson, right? If FC Tucson, the biggest knock on them has always been, do they have the mental fortitude to overcome that? They're like they, they stay in the game, stay locked in. And boy, I, FC Tucson kind of shut some people up.
2: Yeah, I did not watch this match. I was watching the Omaha Fuego match uh, instead because all the matches happened at the same time. So I was like, okay, I got to pick one. (laughs) So I went with, (laughs) I I picked the one that seemed like the most interesting. Like I, I went with the one that I thought would be the most intriguing matchup. For our
1: radio listeners, I was giving the thumbs down. That was more because they're all at once, not because of which. Okay, I was like, I picked the right one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had to pick one. I couldn't do the tablet, phone, uh, TV combo. I was still a parent. I didn't have. You can't watch. You
1: really can't watch that way either. Like, watch it with like a critical eye. Watching three games. Well,
2: that's the thing. One of them. One of them gets the critical. The one on the TV gets the critical eye. The one on the phone is just like a. I just need background noise. And then the one on the tablet's kind of like a. Let me just check. But anyway. I did not, so when I'm following, I was following the score on Fop Mob, and it was like 2-1, I was, and it kind of the same thing. I was like, okay, whatever, that's good, and then I saw, oh, Tucson, Drew, okay, all right, good on them, like, whatever, like, wasn't expecting that, and I figured it was going to end 2-2, and then they just get the late goal, and now this is the second time that a team has gone into Chattanooga and gotten the late goal. And how many times did we say last year this team has made a deal with the devil, and they always get these late goals, especially at home? And now this is the second time that a team has come in there and gotten a late goal against them when Chattanooga either had the lead or they could have at least just said, "All right, screw it, we'll take the draw and we'll go home." Sounds Enemy like prompt uh, Tucson.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds like Oblata didn't uh, up his deal with the uh, the devil app. Trying to get that soul back.
2: I don't know what happened. Maybe maybe the ma- the magic ran out. But yeah, this is, I mean, it's one thing when it happens the first time. Sure, whatever. But now this is two times at home. <clears throat> again, not to hit the panic button if you're Chattanooga. Again, I thought this was going to be a team that probably would finish first or second. They're still scoring goals left and right. Defensively, maybe a little bit more shaken
1: defensively than we realize. And losing yeah. Ramos probably mm-hmm. played a big role in that. One of the big thing is Glinders. From what I can tell, Glinders didn't play.
2: Nope he uh, he did not. It, and he tweeted like I, he put a tweet, and I was like, oh, he's coming
1: back, cool. And then he just wasn't on the bench. Mm-hmm. And like now he, my MVP from the stadium is bad. <laughs> yeah, he was like in the stadium in his short shorts, like let's go. And it's like oh shit, there we go. But he did not. He didn't play. He wasn't even on the the bench. No, he wasn't on the
2: bench at all. Like this is not this is not making my MVP pick look good. Like.
0: It it's together. not. <laughs> Get it together. Maybe, maybe this. And look, if Chattanooga has a horrible run of form, maybe this could turn into like the Peyton Manning MVP. <laughs> you know, um, I think the biggest concern with Chattanooga that I have is just their center back partnership is still still jelly. Because last year, you know, they probably had the best center back duo, duo in USL League One. Like it was a very solid pair they had. Um, And right now, they don't have that. I think there's still a lot of gelling going on of communication in Chattanooga. Um, Because even the Richmond game late on, like, Richmond was still in that game, even though it ended 1-0. It wasn't as if Chattanooga dominated that game in years past. I'm not concerned about Chattanooga at all. I think they're still one of the top three teams in USL League 1. I think it just comes down to this team just needs to play games together. To figure out, like, this is twice now on our home field where we've given up, we've given up four points. You know, do those points come back and bite you, or this is this a lesson you learn? So, when September, October hit, you're not giving up these opportunities. Yeah, I'm pretty sure blada is giving in that message with them. Um, I want to ask you guys this do you think Oblata is telling his grand, uh, grandchild now of how to play? Uh, shithousery soccer the atletico madrid version of soccer
2: i was gonna say the everton because that was pitiful showing otherwise but um not yet not yet i i think i i it, depending on when this child was born let i'd say by next week by next week he'll start getting, <coughs> Give the child some time give them give the parents some time to enjoy bring them home from the hospital and then that first visit from grandpa it's on
0: so, look, this is how you slide tackle, but you don't break the ankle. <laughs> slide at <laughs> the ankle. He's going to he be in the going to pull up, He's going to pull
2: up some kind of footage of Athletic Club Madrid. He's going to have Simeone and He's going to be like, this
1: is football heritage.
0: This is what he's, we do, son. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this
0: is
1: he's going to be in the sandbox with this kid and all the grandkids and all the other kids. He's just going to take his little baby hand, grab onto the back of another baby's jersey, just pull the hand for him and be like, felt good, didn't it? Felt good. <laughs> You play for Grandpa one day <laughs> if you learn that.
0: Uh, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> All right. And <clears throat> the last game of the week, Monday Night Football itself. Um, Richmond went on the road to Charlotte FC and is the announcer warning to come telling you. Richmond has not won in Charlotte since 2018. Folks, 2018 is the last time Richmond was in USL Championship. I, I heard that.
2: Week. I was like, okay, that's a – if that's
0: the set you want to go with, <laughs> like just I understand they need right? the talking point, but that won't the talking point. And then also what tripped me out is they were like, "Oh, look at all these Charlotte Independent supporters in the stadium," and they just zoomed in, and like eighty nine percent of it was Charlotte FC supporters. Like there was the flag, it was them with their jerseys. I'm like, they just here for practice. They're here for a practice and two dollar beers. That's all. That's what they heard.
1: Well, that's your, that's your two-pull for the Open Cup game. You know, we already beat you you beat bums on April 25th. What are you doing back?
0: Right. Um, but talking about the game itself, I, I will say this. I, I'm, I'm proud of Richmond because um, I think the thing on us last year was we were horrible on the road. We were very horrible on the road. Um, I think we did a very good job of staying in this game, not getting – too discombobulated. I think the thing Richard did excellent was taking care of the opportunities, you know, and it's so good to have a second striker that can score. We didn't have that last year. I mean, granted, Bologna scored a couple of those, but someone that can also, like, another person that can score outside of those two is excellent. Um, And also, Bologna's being out doesn't help. So... Also, Charlotte's a lot better than what I expected him to be, and that's why I kind of was going to say that.
2: Maybe they're
0: they're a lot better than what I expect. I think the thing, I think Charlotte FC has to do two things to be better: one, you got to drop Abara; he's slowing up that midfield. You got to drop him. Two, I think if you drop Abara. I think if you've moved to moved, moved, uh, duty up to a CDM, I think he, he goes off the charts. The boy can play. But it, I. I, I members, we got to win on the road. That's what I want to say.
2: <laughs> for me, it's just more this team just cannot defend no. anything. And no. that. It's one thing when it's like, okay, what I I figured with Charlie, like, the reason why I was just so low on those, hey A, I didn't know who the hell they had. And then all of a sudden they pop up with Miguel Albarra. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they had their first couple games. And, yeah, they lose to Fusion on the Open Cup. Okay, whatever. Now we see maybe Fusion's pretty good. But it's also just like we've seen now defensively this team is just very, very fragile. And you can see it in that first goal. Like, they just let Emmy just run in and get it. And that second goal, they just are all over the place as that cross comes in. They're just, like, not even close. Like, no one's marking the attacker. No one's even trying to put and stop. In the, like, they're just defensively so frail. And I think if they can figure out a way to tighten that up, then the attack is good enough. The attack is good enough to get them points. But now you you lose your best player for the next game,
1: and that's going to hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> when, he, when he went off, I was just sitting in my little office here, just like, not going to lie, when Tucson got that, not Tucson, when Fuego got that red card, I was like, crying shame. Crying Man, shame. my wife's like, what the fuck is going on in there? And I was like, <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask. No, no, no. But no, and I think that was hilarious, though, that, that red card. Obviously, the penalty was not the funniest thing in the world. See you, Yogi. Um, But I was half, ex. I guess you have to like walk in between some bleachers and like go out to the parking lot and into wherever their locker room was. And they just had a camera on him walking off. And I was like, this dude's going to like rip off his top and chuck into the stands or like kick a trash can or something. And they're just like, follow him. And it's like, oh, something must have happened because they're just like following him and nothing (laughs) did. But I was quite, quite excited about him uh, going out. But yeah, that was the crazy thing about that game, too, is they had 71% of possession. Something like that. Um, they,
2: yeah, it was... Yeah, I got, let me double-check real quick, because I'm going to pull it up. But, again, it was kind of one of those where you see what they're doing attack-wise. And in this one, it was kind of more of a, well, they're doing fine. Like, if they had literally just defended better they could have walked out with the one one draw. Cause I mm-hmm. think they even still like had, they had 19 shots. They had seven on target. Like they were attacking yep. pretty well. The heat map is ridiculous. <laughs> if you look at the heat yep. map, it's just one of those where I was like, Oh damn. Okay. Good. Good on you. But yeah, it's just, it, well, it's, it's kind of seems like the, it, but it plays right into Richmond's hands.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those ones where if you don't have Akira, that scoreline might look different. So it was it? 19 shots. Four of them or three of them were considered big chances. Yeah. So it's like you had a lot of Charlotte had a lot of really good opportunities, and they just couldn't convert on them. And you know, I wouldn't say this is like a welcome to the league type of game for them, but it's definitely one of those where.
0: Okay, I, I you do have just love.
2: How concerned are you? With how many shots Akira's facing?
0: Um,
2: because <sighs> he is distancing himself. He has tw- he has faced twenty three shots, and the next closest is twelve. <laughs>
0: I'm not as concerned if this wasn't Richmond's M.O. Like, Richmond, since Darren's been there, Richmond's never been a team to have possession. It's always been, we're going to rely on our defense, exploit opportunity to be counterattacking. And that's not a bad thing. I just, I don't know, it doesn't bother me as much. Because I think a lot of the shots that a carry face sometimes are they're, they're easy saves that come right to him, and it gets talked up as a save, but it's not a dangerous shot. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think, what, in this game he faced five shots? He, saved, he had five saves, right?
2: Akira had, let me double check. I, I, there were 19 I, I, shots, seven of them were on target. One of them's a goal, so.
0: Yeah, okay, like seven shots. But out of that seven shots, Five of them were right to them, but they get marked up as a save. Only two of them were like, like, oh, like, is he going to get this? You know? um. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as concerned. I think the biggest issue is I think that our midfield is very set up very defensively with Dakota, Zaka, and Neil. And Neil's the attacking person, of that, but I think Darren – you see this when Ethan Bryant comes on, the team – it frees up a lot. Like, because they're able to hold the ball a little bit more. Because now you have another creative person on the field in that midfield slot. Because that's not what Chizagi is. Like, Chizagi's not a creative person. He's more of the finisher. <laughs> like, we also the experiment of trying to, Chizagi is a central attacking mid. It did not work out well. <laughs> um. So I think having, getting Ethan Bryant, Bryant back healthy is a huge plus. Um, what that does for Dakota, does he move back to the center back spot? Maybe so, but I, right now I'm not as concerned about it because I think if you told Darren, like, hey, you're going to win a game one nothing, Kara's going to make four or five saves, are you cool with that? He'll probably tell you, yeah, because out of that four or five saves, maybe one of them was one where he really had to, like, dive out and push it past the post. The other three came straight to him. So, yeah, I'm not as concerned because it's not like it's not like teams are just pinging shots at him directly in front of goal. You know, a lot of these shots, if they are, is 20, 35 yards out so Akira could get there. And the majority of them, like, all three goals this year – well, no, the first two goals that we got being on were um, transitional defense. So, Akira couldn't save it anyway because – Lachlan McLean had probably the goal of the year start the year off with. Um the Chattanooga goal, a fullback didn't pick up one of the fullbacks didn't pick up uh what's his name in Chattanooga? And then the Charlotte goal, the Charlotte player just out jumped Ani. That's it. So it's not like we're getting pinged out of shots. So I'm not worried at all right now.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I was just wondering, because obviously, like you you look at the statistics and it's like, okay. Akira's facing a lot of shots, and so far, he's not allowing any of them. How sustainable is that? It was kind of more of a, how sustainable can this really be? (sighs) And like you were saying, like if most of these shots, I mean, if the shots are going straight at him, easy saves, saves that you would expect him to make, that's one thing. It's not like he's standing on his head most of the time with these saves.
0: No. Yeah, no. Now, you might have one or two of those a game, but it's not like every save is like that. Yeah, no. I'm okay. That too, sir alright you All right, y'all. Before we go talk about um the games next week, let's take a little bit of time. Let's talk about our top three teams in the league. So, pretty much, um, we saw the power rankings. Some of y'all power rankings are whoever put Tormenta as number one. <laughs> You're kind of right. Whoever put Tucson as number one.
2: Uh, Great. Okay, talking. this one. Done before this previous weekend.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> as mentioned,
2: this was before the weekend. This previous weekend <laughs> matches, which that makes is, it even more cool. wild. If you had put Tucson up there,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So, guys, give me your top three teams in USL League One right now. Uh...
1: Kickers number one, I think, right now. That's the only wow. reason Yogi wants to do this this segment.
0: <laughs> no, actually, I, I do not have Richmond number one. But wow, okay. I
1: I the record the record can show that I was the one that suggested doing this because we've talked about it like hundred times. You know, I think <laughs> uh, Richmond they seven points four games. It's nothing to sniff your nose at. They have very convincing wins. They've not really like what what is even Richmond's worst game right now we pull it up richmond's worst game probably the chattanooga game yeah which i have chattanooga at number two so for me it's like you know shit happens um and then number three i feel like a homer uh picking this but i think they've really shown a lot of growth the past week and i have omaha number three and we only asked for top three a lot of that is because i have tormenta at number four right now so i look at omaha and i there's so many flawed teams right now that yeah. normal Omaha well, that's the team. the issue. Just, yeah. Right. I.
2: That's- so I'm looking. I, I have Richmond and Chattanooga top two just because, I mean, when you win multiple games a season, you automatically get that. Yeah. and Then after that, it's kind of like a lot of teams have won at least one game. And then you have four bats who haven't lost, but they also haven't won a game. And then you have Hailstorm who've only played two matches. And then you have Greenville who I think everyone would agree. As of right now probably bottom, I would go Tormenta, not necessarily because, and I go back and forth, like Omaha and Tormenta, I'm kind of like juggling between the two. Because Omaha, you know, you go to Madison your first league game. Not an easy, and you get the draw. Granted, probably feel like they should have won. And they're not a team we play good against. Right. And then you go to Tormenta. And Tormenta's been better. and But you also could argue probably should have won that one as well. Because Tormenta went down to 10 men. And then you went at home against Fuego. So, like, okay, you got that. Then on the flip, verse, flip side, you have Tormenta. And I think I'm going to put Tormenta 3 just because they really did outplay North Carolina that first game and just could not finish. And I think 9 out of 10 times, Tormenta wins that game. You get the draw against Omaha. And, I mean, you're down to 10 men. Could have, like, it, had it not been for 10, maybe they could have won. But you at least held on. And then you go and get this win. At Greenville, which maybe that's not as impressive, depending on how it goes down the road. But I think I'm gonna oh, slightly to lean way. towards Tormenta, just because if they just simply finish one of those chances against uh, North Carolina, they are unbeaten. They have five points as well, and this is and I think we look at. I think Tormenta probably, and I I think I'm gonna slightly go with Tormenta, just because I think out of the three games, they've looked more impressive in those three than Omaha. But also Oma has played three tougher teams. I think Omaha's played two tougher teams than Tormenta has.
0: So for me, I'm gonna call you US pick pickup in this, just cause like the totality team. Oh, we're putting that in there? Well, pfft, okay. Well <laughs> For me, for me, for me. Fair. Yeah. Cause I think I think that's like the dividing factor for me. Cause it's like it's hard right now to be like who's number one, who's number two? Because every team you can go pros and cons for, you know. Like, if I just looked at the top three, like, Richmond, all right, Richmond is the number one team, but offensively, like, can they create enough chances? Chattanooga, can the team gel enough to not give up leads? And then Union Omaha, all right, they're riding high right now in the moment, but let's say if J.P. series like, doesn't score, who else in there can score, you know? So it's like every team has holes. So I was like, you got to look at the U.S. Open Cup form for me. And the number one team right now, I, I, the number one team for me is Union Omaha. I think right now, just based on how they're playing, they're the best team in USL League one Form Forum-wise, know everything like that.
1: Do you know who didn't um, play when you played Chicago Fire?
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> Number two is Tormenta. I'll put Tormenta number two beating you two USL championship teams is kind of high up there on my list. And then also, like, getting a good road win against your rival in Greenville and not doing it in a fashion where, oh, you kind of peaked this, like, at the last second. Like, no, like, you won. (laughs) Like, you won handedly. And having your big key players do that, I think is big. And I think Tormenta is riding the momentum into uh, this week's slate of games. And then number three, ah, Three right now, I'm gonna put Chattanooga. Even I know they lost the game against FC Tucson, excuse me. Um, but I don't think that's indicative of how they are as a team. I think they are a solid team. I have Richmond just out right now just because of they're winning games, but they're not winning them convincingly. Does that make sense?
2: What about the Tucson one? Do you not consider the Tucson win at the beginning convincing? (sighs) And that's just I an honest question.
0: That, I consider that convincing, but it's also like we opened the year like that against the Revs, too, where gotcha. we won 3 0. And then it took all the way to September for us to link multiple wins together. You know? So this can change. Like, if Richmond goes out here, beats Fort Madison, loses to Charlotte FC in extra time or something and then draws with you, and beats them. But, yeah, I think you, I think Richmond goes up. So Richmond has to be able to link wins together. You know, They just can't win, draw, lose, win, draw, lose, like how kind of last year was. They got to be able to put wins together and build a momentum. So that's why I have them missing out right now.
2: So you want to hear a fun little thing uh, based off of expected points. Try and guess who the team in third place is. Based off of expected points.
0: Expected points?
2: Yes. So this is on reality of uh, based off of the goals that they should have, like based off of the expected goals for and expected goals against and how that would turn out. Richmond is first with 5.5. 5. Tormenta is second with 5.49. So that's saying Tormenta realistically should have more points. Guess who's third?
0: Yeah. Charlotte. 5.32. That, that doesn't
2: surprise me. And it makes sense when you consider Charlotte was minutes away from getting two extra points. But it's, Charlotte's just a, it's they're so interesting. And I think that might be a team that later on. But I would say, right now, it is such a clusterfuck in the middle. Like, you can honestly throw a dartboard and say, this is probably like, and I'm going to say like fifth best team because I feel like Union, and Tormented kind of jostle for that three and four. And then you just throw a dartboard at fifth and it's like, you can make a convincing case for Charlotte. You can make a convincing case for Fuego. You can do it for North Carolina. You can do it for Tucson. You can do it for Madison. You can do it for Nor- NOCO. I feel like other than Greville, you can make a convincing case that any other team could be
0: fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. You can make a, a great case for anyone, really, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I, why we love this league. It's... It's tight. And you know the thing about it is, man, it's going to stay this tight to probably August when like 10 or 11 are just trailing behind. And then yeah, in September, I... 98 are going to start falling away. You know? Like, it's, it, it's insane. It's insane. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's slate of games that are coming up. We got Friday Night Football. Who doesn't love a good Friday Night Football, folks? Um, Chattanooga goes on. I mean, Chattanooga welcomes Greenville to their humble abode. Guys, how do you think this game is going to play out? Does Greenville need to get a win here? Is it time for the panic win? Or do you think, eh, get a draw, kind of settle things out? What what do you guys think on this one?
2: It's not time for a panic win, but it's time for a let's at least look good. <laughs> Let's at least show that we're better than what we've put out so far. Like, maybe it's not yeah. a we need a win, but it's definitely a we can't be playing like we've we have
1: outside of the cup matches. Bad mm-hmm. if you're Greenville, even getting a draw here, I think is good. Yeah, with how bad, how not good they've been. They haven't been bad, they've just been not good. And so, I think, yeah, Greenville's going to come in here full of piss and vinegar, Chattanooga. Is going to be pretty steamed after also that win. Also full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be it's going to be fun.
0: So we're saying a rare card is going to happen.
1: I'm saying this oh, is yeah. the chaos. This is the chaos match of the week.
2: Mm-hmm. This, this this is this is the chaos match of the week for me. You got two teams that need to try and put a statement out of we are not we are better than what we've shown.
0: I think one more than the other. I think Chattanooga has shown how good they are. I think Greenville is like. But Chattanooga hasn't shown it consistently. <laughs> that's, okay, yeah, that's true. I think so, like, Greenville needs it more because Greenville has to show, like,
2: and you got to get the
0: ball going. Like, because after this, if you don't win here, you got Ford Madison coming up, then you get North Carolina, you know, then Chattanooga again. So the next two games, not saying Ford Madison is easy, Kyle. Don't take that wrong. But it loses up a little bit versus the, what you faced start off the year. You know what I mean? Also, if Greenville's own- had a
2: very home heavy schedule. Yeah. And if you can't get these wins and you can't get these points at home, it's going to make your season a lot more difficult later on.
1: It's the reverse Omaha with all the road games to start the season.
2: I was going to say that's, that's just the Midwest, you know, Omaha Madison, where you start on the road most of the season, then you get like five games in a month at home
1: in like, June. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I let Twitter pick this one because I didn't know what to do, but if you're, if you're a coach of Blado, what happens when Greenville sneaks one pass in the uh, first minute of stoppage time in the 90th minute?
2: <laughs> There's going to be ha- like him and Hark's going to fight. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Um, I, I do think it's
0: Baby, Hark's to DC.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's why Hark's isn't doing so well. He doesn't want to go to MLS. He's like, I want to stay here. Let me let me try it. Uh, I'm going to try to push
0: this man to DC since, man, since the same No, year. first you tried to push him to Atlanta. Now you're doing DC. We'll see, it went Atlanta, and then Charlotte. And now it's one of these. So I'm just working my way up 95. <laughs> and then eventually, it's going to be Philly. And then we're going to go to one of the New York teams, and then Revs, And then we're going to start all over again at Miami. We're going to just work our way up 95.
1: I'm going to wake up on random Wednesday, and Yogi's going to have posted shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm like, did it, did they fire their coach at Revs too? <laughs> Where did he go?
0: Right. <laughs> Like just hire the man.
1: <laughs> but I think a draw feels a draw feels right here. And I think if you're Greenville, that's probably a result you're okay with. And if you're Chattanooga, that's probably a result you're not okay with. Yeah. I, I think um, a, I feel like a one-one draw. I, I don't know.
2: Like
0: I mean, the last three have gone Greenville's way. Now, granted, also the last three have also also been in Greenville. So do that information what you will. I'd still mm-hmm. stay with a 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, I mean, Greenville owns this series. It's five It's five wins, three draws, two losses to Chattanooga. Um, I'm going to go Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga wins this 2-1. I, I, I just got concerns about Greenville's ability to score. You know, I just have concerns about it. And can they do enough to create chances to score? I don't think they can Right, right now, you know um moving on to the next game we got kyle we got your boys welcome them in central valley fuego you guys Why are the doing fuck like, is this game starting at five is my first question also i'm well, not mad I i'm so confused. goddamn <laughs> carnival fiesta going on it got canceled <laughs> and what is this also like a disney night y'all about to get sued by Di- by marvel, it is marvel right? night i <laughs> think get sued by everybody out here um how do you guys think this game is going to play out? Is is Ford Matt is not Madis, Is Central Valley going to learn how to control their tempo and how to control their 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 attitudes in this game? Now, let me correct that. Not attitudes. Learn how to control the moments of the game and be better at that. And is Ford Madison finally going to stop getting these draws and finally knock a win up?
2: I do think that I I do think this is the Ford Madison win. I think they should have won in Tucson. And had it not been for the red card, they would have won in Tucson. And I think between that, the suspension that Fuego's facing, another West Coast, another trip for Fuego that they're going to have to travel for. I, I And finally, it's going to be nice weather in Madison, which might help with, you know, getting more uh, on and better playing conditions. But no, I, I do think this is a game that Madison can go in and get the win. They have the week off. Yes, they played the a scrimmage that was just more obviously built fitness they've had a week off. they've had that break i i do think this is the game that they can go in and get that win that they really want to get so uh, i'll say a four
1: madison win i think this is going to be a lot like uh madison versus chattanooga but reversed during that game madison bit hard on every single piece of bait that chattanooga gave him you even had Oblata like work in the sidelines a bit. Lots of cards. Chattanooga surprisingly came off pretty scot-free in that one. Um, I think the shoe's on the other foot, though. I think uh, Fuego is going to go in. They're going to be frustrated with how physical Madison's playing, and they're going to have to play a real you know backyard brawl type of game. I don't really think that they're set up for it, especially if the calls aren't falling for them, which they tend to not do in Madison. So I think, you know, you're going to have a real tough game. And Madison fans, I think, are going to walk away at this one with three points. Probably 2-1. Uh,
0: yeah, I... Hey, I can see 2-1. I can see 2-1 again. I just – I think Fuego is going to get in their own heads again, unfortunately. Like, <laughs> I can see Fuego getting a third record for a third consecutive game. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't, about, I don't. I don't know about a red card. They'll probably definitely get plenty of yellows, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the score will be. I just. I think Ford Madison win. I just don't know what to score.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's going to be interesting, folks. Uh, yeah. Next game, I think it's probably going to be probably one of the highest scoring games uh, <laughs> in USL League One over the weekend. Uh, we got Charlotte Independence versus Union Omaha, Charlotte. Zero defense. They don't care, but they can score a goal. And Union Omaha can stifle a team out, but they can also score as opposed It's kind of like the immovable object meets the, um, unstoppable, force? Yeah, <laughs> the unstoppable force. Yeah, I can't remember the last part of it. But that's what it, this kind of feels like. Guys, how do you think this game going to play out?
2: I think if it weren't for the red card, I'd say this is a draw, but I think this is a Union Omaha win. I think Union Omaha is gelling at the right moment. I think Charlotte's defense leaves a lot to be questioned, and Omaha seems to be figuring it out in the attack. So I will give Omaha a 2-0 win. 2, two zero win. All right.
0: Kyle, what you got? I mean, Chip, what you got, my man?
1: I was going to say I'm, I'm on the same page as Kyle for this one. Um, I won't be watching this game. I'll be at a musical, uh, which is – been the trend, which year. musical now? How many musicals have you watched in the last month? <laughs> Wicked. They back uh, well, because of Husker husker season, they backload them all into spring, which, like, last year when they started the season so late wasn't a problem, but this year, right? There's a okay, lot and that makes more of, sense. I was just like, yeah. Good
2: lord, I feel like you've been in a musical every week,
1: more or less. Yeah, but I think this game, yeah, I think to again, like, um, Charlotte had the red card of one of their best players, so that's gonna hurt them. I think Omaha is right and high right now. Omaha's going to have a lot of confidence coming into this game. It's not going to be, it's going to be, a, I think a two zero win, but it's not going to look that way on paper. I think they're going to have a lot of fight. They're going to put some shots on target, but ultimately New who and the boys in the defense are going to make sure that they come away fruitless. But I was telling people at the game last week that um, they shouldn't take this game for granted that, Charlotte was a lot better team than a lot of us think they are, and you know, just be prepared because they're not the team that they're not they're not NCFC from last year.
0: Um, I'm gonna go with Charlotte in this one, man. I, <clears throat> well, hold on, let me take that back. Moving by, what's his name is missing? Ah, uh, yeah, no, I can't even. then. It's gonna be in your I think it's just too consistent. Just too consistent. And Chanuga really plays. I mean, Charlotte plays really high up the field and he goes. Yeah, uh, yeah. You The more I thought about it, you know. If, if
2: if it wasn't for the fact that they did get their best player suspended, it would be a different story. But right. when your main attacking option is out. And I feel like this
0: is the kind of game where Jay Mims is gonna be like, you see Miguel O'Bara hound the living dog shit out of him. Like, I feel like that's going to be like, I feel like there's a player in J Mims' locker room that J Mims has designed for each player, like special player on USL League One, and he's going to go to the Mad Laboratory, pick up the Miguel Bar player, and be like, this is your game. <laughs> I, I, you're not doing anything else. You're not passing. You're not c- combining shooting your goal is to hound the living dog shit out of him, and that's that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I well, wouldn't be surprised if this is Miguelobarro's worst game of U- of is his time at USL League. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the big thing too about Mbuyu being out is the right flank is kind of Omaha's weakest area right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so with him out, especially like I don't know who they're going to put there, but that's a big relief off of those guys in planning for this game. Is all of a sudden you you probably figured you're going to get hounded all game by the best player on Charlotte's team, but all of a sudden it's like who who's playing there? Like, what are they going to do now? So, I'm sure that made game prep a lot easier. And hopefully, I think we're already past the discipline process, so he shouldn't have his red card rescinded. So we should be good to go. Right. Plus, that was a horrible foul. That
0: was definitely. A uh, I was saying
2: that was definitely a red card, and I'm trying yeah, to look at card the card news, card. and I didn't see any uh, news that it was uh, rescinded.
0: Yeah, Crystal definitely baited that man. <laughs> he definitely baited that man i love chris cole but he baited that man you
2: do what you um, gotta you do what you gotta
0: yeah right um funny enough richmond leads the league in red cards because that's a richmond thing um i mean yellow cards not red cards uh next game we got another game of the carolinas because you know charlotte fc created football so we gotta have football there we got North Carolina FC versus No Hellstorm. Guys, can North Carolina FC finally get a win and home for Oleks Anderson? No. Damn. I don't know because
2: I feel like here's the thing with North Carolina. North Carolina, and it's not to the extent of like Obleda or Harks. I feel like North Carolina is intentionally going in, like, we're just gonna make this as unwatchable as possible.
0: Yeah. And I
2: don't know how no and if there is a team that can take advantage of, okay, screw that, we're gonna score and we're gonna try and score right away. It is no co. But I can see one of those where if it's like 20, 30 minutes and it start and that frustration starts mounting up for no co, do they have can they create a goal out of nothing when plant? do they have a plan B? Do they have a plan C? We know plan A with like para, and we know with you know EVD or Lockley McLean, like they have plans A, B, maybe even C. What happens when they're not able to get the ball? They're not able to create. And North Carolina is going to make sure that they're going to make this a miserable time. I don't know, I can see this being a draw only because. North Carolina has surprised me in that I I figured they'd be better, but I feel like they've taken a more pragmatic approach than I had expected. Yeah. I'm going to say a draw.
0: Yeah, I felt like this game was a draw. Plus, I, mean I feel like same. every week
2: there has to be at least two draws. <laughs>
0: that's that's that definitely what we're
2: going And I, I've got Greenville and Charlotte as one in Chattanooga, and then
1: now I have this. These are my two draws of the week. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm gonna. They win. They win this one two one. Who? Noko. Noko. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Noko wins two one.
0: I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I, I don't know, man. Like, I just I want North Carolina to kick it into next gear, and I feel like they're just struggling. What if this like, is their next gear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, that's sad. If it is, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because I, I feel like I feel like North Carolina is going to be able to balance out NoCo to the point where it's just going to be a battle in the midfield. And then I think about okay, can can NoCo's defense, who looks solid, don't get me wrong. But can they be solid enough against an Olex that we know can get it behind and, and against a Graham McCaughlin? That's been solid. North Carolina going forward has not been the issue. It's been their defense. Can their defense stop it to the point to stop Lachlan Became Ivan Parra, and EVD? I don't know. And I feel like both teams are going to score, and I feel I want to go a draw. I'm just going to go with a draw on this one. Yeah. I don't know. But last game we got coming up, we go out to West Coast time. Vibes. Vibes. FC Tucson versus South Georgia Tormenta. Guys, before we even pick a winner, what is the over-under on goals that's gonna happen in this game? What what Seven. are we
2: setting what are we setting the over under at first? And then I will I have it at 2.5. Oh, over.
1: Over. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the last time we did this, um, we set it at like four and a half and there was one goal scored. So
0: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I I feel over. You feel over? Uh, yeah. I'd
1: definitely say
2: it over. I, I think Tormenta wins. I feel like this is a 3-1, 3-2. I'm just not convinced about Tucson defensively. I just have well, a lot yeah, of
1: concerns I, about I, Tucson I agree defensively. With that. I agree with and that. And that. that was their big thing last year when they finally figured it out was, you know what, whatever, we're going to score three goals. If you score four goals, that's fine, but at least we scored three. If you can't score three, eh, oh well, you lost. And I think that's, you know, what really worked for them last year was that High press, high attack, high octane, everything. And we're just going to score. And if you score, that's fine, but we're going to run it right back and we're going to make this a track meet. And that's what they want. That's what they wanted to do last year. And I think if they want to do that again, I think South Georgia Georgia is going to let them do it. But the
2: thing is, they want to do that. But South Georgia, Tucson is a team that you can press their defenders and you're going to create turnovers and you're going to create problems for them. Unless Bedoya has the ball, there's no one else on Tucson that's like super comfortable with the ball. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what game I can't wait for is when they play Charlotte FC. I mean Charlotte Independence.
2: Oh God, it's
0: going <laughs> to be silly season. That came by <laughs> five five.
2: Yeah, no, I am. I am feeling good about Tormenta. I I will say a three one or three two win for them. They're Tormenta scoring at least three.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, did you give your prediction yet? Uh yeah.
1: three, two. Sorry for those who can't tell. I have a cold, and I'm trying to prevent you guys from seeing me blowing my nose.
0: <laughs> um, or I'm hearing. gonna go. <laughs> F it, it's vibes. I'm gonna go four to tormenta.
2: Well, uh, y- your Titans did some shit. What do we do? do Your Titans did some shit. I, I'm just, I just need to see the
0: reaction. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, for those that aren't paying attention, the Titans traded AJ Brown, basically their number one receiver, for the 18th pick and a third round pick.
0: I couldn't figure out why we were at 18 for the longest.
2: There we go. Sorry, it like popped up and I was like, oh.
1: Oh.
0: (laughs) Everyone have a good night.